I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And I know that when we talk about modern dating, you guys have given us a lot of your Tinder nightmare stories, things that have happened to you, (laughs) not just on Tinder, but also online dating. But we have a guest here today who's actually created a show around Tinder nightmare stories. It's called Fuck Tinder, A Love Story. And we have David here with us. How are you, David? I'm doing great. Thank you. (laughs) I like how the name of the show is Fuck Tinder, 
a love story, just to soften it a little bit. I want to give you guys a little background on who David is. He is 47 years old, originally from Stamford, Connecticut. He's been in San Francisco for three years, and this is what he wrote into us. He said, quote unquote, I went on dates with 120 women in two years looking for love and finding everything else. I was... I was invited to acid parties and sex clubs, but mostly dealt with a day-in and day-out obsession with apps like Tinder, wondering if anyone likes me and if I'm going to die alone and if I should go back to talking the old-fashioned way on OkCupid. (laughs) But David, you are in a committed monogamous relationship now, aren't you? I am. It's fairly new, and uh, there is an epilogue now to fuck Tinder that is required because of this. Um, Let's start with fuck Tinder. (laughs) Tell us what that is. (laughs) Sure. So uh, I moved up to San Francisco three years ago. Uh, I'd fallen in love with San Francisco when I was 17 years old, and I always wanted to live here because Mm -hmm. this city feels like it is a physical embodiment of freedom, like Mm -hmm. in every kind of way, artistically, sexually, just everything. But uh, I've worked in theater and music and film and TV, and San Francisco never felt like it was a place that I could... I could work. There's no industry here. There's not much. Yeah. Um, but what happened was uh, about three and a half years ago, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, one random night, my girlfriend quite unexpectedly broke up with me, and I went out for a walk to think about what that meant and where I was going to move to, and while I was on my walk, that night, I got held up at gunpoint. What? In <laughs> L.A.? Where? In, in L.A., uh, near uh, Fairfax and Olympic. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it wasn't some actor practicing a scene. No. <laughs> you're like, let me check. Nope, you're real. <laughs> it was three guys with a gun. And oh, uh, after that happened, like, and I'm like, what are the chances this all happens the same night? It felt like the universe was trying me, trying to send me a message, but I didn't know what it was. And then the next day, an old friend from San Francisco called me up and said, David, I heard about what happened. You need to get the hell out of L.A. and I need a roommate. Move up. Perfect. So I was like, okay, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I did, really without any plan. Um, and when I came up here, uh, it was the first time I'd been single in a while, and I'd been living with someone who, you know, we were talking about kids and, you know, serious, serious stuff. And suddenly I'm single in a brand new city, and I'd never used dating apps before. Mm. I dated online, but the dating apps, it's, it's different. It's totally yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had to figure that out and also figure it out in San Francisco. And I was hit with a lot of very strange things pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> Tell I mean, us some of those strange things. Well, so, okay. So one of the things that I actually loved was that uh, on my very – well, I, I downloaded Tinder. I, I arrived here the day before New Year's. And I went to uh, what looked like the coolest party I could find on New Year's, which was uh, this uh, party at the Armory. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Yep. This is one there. Kink.com was still shooting all of their BDSM porn there. They've now moved to Vegas because Oh, Calif- I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, San Francisco God. changed oh, all what? of its So Armory is purely just for event? The, like the, as an the, event they're space? They're launching huge events now. Oh, yeah, they're no I longer shooting porn. Yep. Okay. Um... But I was thinking, well, all kinds of sexy people are going to be out looking for a fun time. I've just arrived in town. Let's get into some crazy trouble. I go there, and for three hours, I'm wandering around, and it feels like Burning Man has been lifted up from the playa, brought over, and dropped down to the armory. Everyone's dressed so sexy, and I cannot figure out how to start a conversation with a single person there. 
everyone is with their own little pod, with their own mm. little tribe, with their Burning Man friends. And I literally don't talk to anyone for four hours and I walk home alone at the rain at three in the morning. Wow. So the next day I'm like, screw this, I'm going to do what I actually wanted to do because I never have a good time on New Year's anyway and I didn't know why I thought I would this time. <laughs> Julie feels the same way. It's a horrible, Not horrible day. Holiday. It's almost as bad as Valentine's. Yeah. It's a toss-up. Both of them, the and expectations. Yeah. that yeah, like, The pressure. The, it's like yeah. amateur hour too. Yeah. yeah, no, not my favorite. On New Year's, you must be happy. Yeah. You yeah. have to have someone to kiss. Yes. Valentine's, you have to be like in a loving thing or yeah. hook up or it's something. It's climatic. The, the pressure yeah. is horrible yeah. for both of them. Um, so I come home and the next morning I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna do what I wanted to do. I downloaded Tinder for the first time. Oh, and I've been hearing about this is where how it all goes down. <laughs> I know. I've been hearing for, for a while that Tinder was all about like, you know, free sex right yeah, now and sex. often weird. <laughs> um and it was really exciting. So I go on and I start matching with people left and right. Oh, yeah. And within a day I have 15 conversations going on simultaneously, and I make a horrible mistake. I try and get to know people. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, so tell me about yourself. And within a, a week, all the conversations have dissipated. Such a newbie. I know. <laughs> so I, I literally went back to, about a week later, I went back to dating the old-fashioned way on OkCupid, okay and boom, in a day I had a date. So um, how did all this get to this show? And right. what you're doing now. So um, <laughs> what actually happened was, so I do a lot of live storytelling, like The Moth and Porchlight, body storytelling, and... I'm always looking for material, and uh, I started going on these dates, and some dates were wonderful. Uh, some people I would date for a period of time, and then for whatever reason it wouldn't work out, but then there would be these epically horrible dates. <laughs> and not even just horrible, but just sort of like, I cannot believe that happened. Yeah, uh, we um, made a whole podcast about it, so we yeah, get you. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> so first I start telling my friends, and the way I do things, I sort of begin to hone the story there, and then I take it to one of these storytelling events, and it didn't occur to me at first that this was going to add up and into an entire evening. Uh, I've done about, this is my seventh uh, full-length solo show, so um, I've developed things like this before, but never in quite this way. I didn't know what it was at first. Um, it was all these little vignettes. Uh -huh. A horrible date here, a horrible date there. And then um, after about a year, what happened was I was complaining more to, than anyone else to my gay best friends in town. And they would give me their advice. Oh. And after a year of this, their advice was, David, stop dating online. Mm. Delete all of your apps. In fact, stop dating for an entire month. And they had just gotten married. And they're like, you know how we met? We both went off of online dating. And uh -huh. we both went on dating fasts. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been like here, present to like yeah. meet the other person. Mm. And I resisted this at first, but eventually I took their advice after one more really bad Tinder date and I deleted <laughs> all of my apps. And it was at that point that I realized I had developed an addiction mm. over the course of one year. Because Welcome to the club. I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. But sometimes you have to like really go off of it yeah, to realize it. Absolutely. Because I found myself grabbing for my phone and I'm like, oh. No, the gap is gone. And why was I going for my phone anyway? Yeah. You know, it was just was it for a little bit of validation. Mm -hmm. Was it to see if does anyone attention. in the world like me? Yeah. Right. You know, I got to that desperate point at times, especially late <laughs> at night after a drink or a toke, where <laughs> I would be like lying in bed swiping and I would swipe on anyone to see if anyone oh, liked yeah. me. Oh, hell um, yeah. And then I would match with them and then I would have this, oh, I should probably look and actually take a look at their profile and their other pictures. <laughs> yes. And I would then get really judgmental and then I would either leave them there and never write them or I would delete them. 
Isn't that interesting with online dating? You swipe yeah. hoping for validation. Yeah. But once you get the validation, somehow you become the upper hand yeah. in the situation yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get really picky and judgy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit like, you know, uh, honestly, and, and here's the thing. The apps have gamified dating. Uh -huh. And in the way they've gamified dating, it makes it feel like Amazon. You're up late at yes. night. You've had a drink. You buy a pair of shoes. Two days later, they show up at your apartment. You're like, oh. Wait. Bad uh, decision. Yeah. Not and then my you son. return but um, at least on Amazon, you get to read reviews. If Tinder had <laughs> reviews, I'm telling you, I would read those reviews for all night long. Uh, I'm actually somewhat baffled that there isn't a, a, a Yelp-style dating they thing. They tried that. Oh, yeah, what was it? I think it was no. Oh, yeah, that one, but that got really mean. Yeah. And that was like, yeah. that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Unless you like ask your friend to write a review, no one else is going to go write a review, especially if they're trying to date you. Right. Yeah, they don't want a bunch of other people dating you. Right. And it's exactly. Like, the people that you screwed over, they like come out of <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all like, negative. Yeah, Lulu had to change course because it wow. got real mean. Do they, are they still around? Do they do I something think like it? Just different now. I'm they're not they're trying to be a dating app too. Yeah, yeah. like it's different. like if you had. I mean, if you read a review and someone's like, oh, my God, David was, like, the best in bed and, like, <laughs> we had such an amazing night. I don't even know if that positive review would do you yeah. good yeah, 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 <laughs> in dating, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so go on. So, uh, actually, what happened was I literally made a spreadsheet hmm. of, like, well, that <laughs> happened. Well, there was a, that, that time when, you know, we went to the bar and then this crazy thing happened. Um, and I realized I had so much material, it wouldn't fit in a film. Um, and then a few months later, I had a friend uh, doing the, you know, uh, National Book Writing Month in November. Uh -huh. So he was going to write a book. And he's like, David, do this with me. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really want to do that. It's like, come on, you have all those stories. Just write them down. I'm like, well, okay, maybe it'll really motivate me. So I, I wrote about uh, 60,000 words in one month. Oh, wow. Uh, which is like, what's going to turn out to be maybe half the book after I edit it down. Okay. And... What it made me realize was that there's a treasure trove of material, and I actually didn't see it working on stage because there's too much. Mm. And it's a, uh, I was doing it over a two-year period, and at the time, this is November 2016, I was in the midst of the most interesting, exciting, and traumatic part of my dating mm. because I just met someone that I fell in love with. And then what happened with that? We dated for three and a half months, and she dumped me. For oh. what reason? That this is the heart of the show. Okay. Um, so this is the love story part? This is the love story. This is the love story part. This is the fuck Tinder part. This is the right, love story. Right, right. So the uh, fuck Tinder, the show, is yeah. an actual, like, one story? Or is it vignettes still? Uh, the first half are vignettes that essentially prepare you for what that dating world is like for okay. me out there uh -huh. before I finally meet someone who I truly want to be with. Got it. Who then dumps you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it's a tragedy. So this is the well, show that you're taking nationwide, you're going yeah. on tour with. So uh, I premiered Fuck Tinder in Los Angeles uh, last summer. Uh, I'm doing it in San Francisco at Piano Fight, and then I'm taking it on tour. So I'm bringing it to Australia, and uh, this summer I'm hitting a whole bunch of different uh, uh, venues, some of which are fringe festivals and others are theaters that uh, just like my work. I'm curious then. So there's there's quite a few shows. There's Tinderella. Uh -huh. There's actually a dating, uh, Tinder Nightmares. Uh, I think it's an interactive play where uh -huh. people go up and like talk about their Tinder stories. Right. I want to hear about what are some of the – give us a glimpse of some of the stories you tell 
on your show. Sure. Okay. This is my first Tinder date ever. It took me <laughs> weeks before I actually figured out how to get from the app to meeting someone in person. Okay. So I'd matched with about 50 different people, all of which the conversations just disappeared over time. I was so confused as to who was who, I started an entire spreadsheet just to track <laughs> people. And finally I realized you just need to suggest meeting them immediately. Yes. So uh, I, I matched with someone on a Sunday afternoon and I'm like, hey, do you want to get a drink tonight? And she writes back uh, and says, yes, I'm very, very thirsty. And I'm like, oh, that's wow. interesting and oh. suggestive and that sounds exciting. All right, and, vampire. I know. And, and at this point, I also had realized that I'd missed the golden age of Tinder where it really was just mm -hmm. a, a straight person's grinder. Uh -huh. um, because half the people I matched with had in their profiles in all caps, not no here for hookups. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, but since she was very, very thirsty, I thought maybe she was using <laughs> Tinder in the old-fashioned way. <laughs> so we meet up at this wine bar downtown, and um, she actually looks better than her pictures. I'm excited. This That's is really great. great. I sit down, and I'm like, hey, it's my first Tinder date. This is awesome. And she's like, it's your first? That's terrible. I'm like, what? no, it's that, what, why? That, no, it's great. I mean, firsts are great in every culture. You know, think about beginner's luck, and uh, I'm Jewish, and like, you know, we say a shehekianu for every new thing. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. This is like when you're interviewing someone for a job, you never hire the first person. And I'm like, oh. I would totally hire you. But she was completely undeterred, and she's like, listen, whatever you do, just do, don't ask me any stupid questions. Guys always ask me these idiotic Whoa. things. No small talk, no chit-chat. Don't ask me where I'm from. In fact, you know what? From now on, every day that I'm going to go on, I am not going to say a word until a guy asks me something interesting. And if he asks me something stupid, I'm going to have a sheet of paper with all the typical things that guys ask me, and I'm just going to slide it over to him so he can see what he just did, so he can tell what he's just such an idiot. Oh, damn! She is crotchety! And, Holy cow. And I'm just thinking, you're a horrible, horrible person. But <laughs> welcome still, to Tinder. Welcome to Tinder. <laughs> but I also thought, you're still really hot and I want to have sex with you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I have to continue on. But she just wouldn't let up for another 10 minutes. She just kept on going about how horrible dating was. Finally excused myself to the bathroom for a second. And I'm thinking, like, I have to pull myself together, turn this date around. But on my way to the bathroom, I looked down the hallway and there was a door to the <laughs> And I'm thinking, for once, I didn't leave a bag or a jacket at my like, I, I could just, just get go. Out. I've never done this. I've heard people do this. And I'm like, We had someone on our podcast that had it done to her. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. And well, maybe I'm, it was you. I don't know. I, so so I, I, I go to the bathroom, like, No, Dave, you have to be a gentleman. It may be Tinder, but you still have to have show yeah. some decorum. Yeah, it's pretty Thank bad. You. The bathroom veils a lot. I know. It's just, no. So I go back and I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna turn this whole thing around. And as soon as I get back, she leaps up from her seat, says, well, I have an early morning. Got to go. See you. Bye. And she's oh, gone. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> well, yeah, really. did it? Yeah, what you were looking for. So I yeah. paid the bill. She only finished half a drink. She was not oh. very, very thirsty. Um, and then I get How long Uber. was this date? Like 20 minutes? Like 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Wow. Uh, so I call an Uber, and on the way home, I tell the Uber driver what happened. And uh, he's from some other country, but he seemed to know our customers better than I did. And he's so like... So you go on your first Tinder date, and then you're asking the Uber driver for advice um, on your dating? Uh, oh, he, that's he, he, he just offers. Okay, all right. And all he's right. like, oh, man, you totally screwed up. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, she just wanted to fuck you. I'm like, no, no, I wanted to fuck her. If she wanted to fuck me, I think I would have noticed. And he's like, no, no, it's okay, you can turn it around. Here, you just have to text her. I'm like, dude, the date's over. There's no texting her. He's like, no, no, just hold on a second. 
And I realize he has taken home so many women True. after bad dates True. who tell him exactly oh what, what went they wrong yeah. and what they wanted. Yeah. Okay, so now this is the advice to everyone after an, like a yeah. date. This is like, all right, just ask your Uber driver. Exactly. So <laughs> I realize right he's like my, my Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tell me like the most beautiful thing that every woman wants to hear. How do I turn this around? He's like, hold on, okay. And he says, write her. I'm like, I'm waiting for like this poetry. And he says, okay. The anticipation. What color are your panties? <laughs> what? And I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. I cannot and I will not write that. That's misogynistic. This is why there's like this toxicity between men and women. And it's because what of shit like this. What color are your panties? Okay. And he's okay. like, are you going to get laid tonight? I'm like, no, the only person I'm going home with is you. Fine. <laughs> and I don't care what color your panties are. Uh, uh, fine, I'll give it a try. So I text her. You do. I do. Oh my God. She writes back instantaneously, translucent. Oh, shit. And I'm like, why would she respond to that? After ending the date in such a, 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 an abrupt fashion. Wow. And I, I, I'm like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. So he starts dictating to me the entire ride home. She's getting so turned on, she's about to invite me back to her place. We're about to turn the car oh, around. Oh, my gosh. And finally she says, no, I do actually have an early morning see you. And he gives me one last piece of advice, which is not to text her first. I'm like, I hate those fucking games. It's just stupid. He's like, don't. Like, so I'm waiting around. I'm like, I'm, I know. I'm not going to hear from her again. But then 4.30 the next day, I get one text from her and it says, what's up, perv? I'm like, oh my uh, God. If you think I'm a perv, why even write? I don't understand what she wants. She's flirting. She's flirting. So I try, <laughs> I, I try to channel my best Uber driver. <laughs> And I think You're nothing without him. I know. I think she's totally going to invite me over right then. And then at the end, she's like, "Listen, you seem really nice, but um, I'm just not feeling the the same magic I you felt didn't have last the night." The edge the Uber driver had. So oh, she's like, "Ended it God. there," and I've not heard from her ever since. Wow. This is an a okay. That's incredible. So many, so many, so many, <laughs> so many aspects of that. One question for you. Yeah. So you said like. You tried to make small talk with people, but then you just got to the point and was like, do you want to meet for a drink? Uh-huh. Was that the bulk of the way you met up with people, or did you do any, like, more conversation qualifying first? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over at Datable. We'll be offering a platform to connect you with vetted dating experts from our network to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching to see where you're getting stuck in dating, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts so you can be anywhere. We're so excited about this because so many of you wrote in asking how you can find people to help up your dating game. And this should be a great way to get personalized, affordable advice. We'll be adding more coaches and more services. And of course, let us know if there's something specific you'd like to see. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. Do you do any like more conversation qualifying first? Uh, uh, as in before meeting them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found uh, on Tinder in particular, uh, attempts at longer conversation usually didn't go well. Interesting. On OkCupid, uh, I found people did want to engage in conversation and some people specifically said they wanted to talk to me beforehand. But I was mm. extremely reluctant after a certain period to 
ever propose having a conversation beforehand because I found simply asking for a woman's number on OkCupid or Tinder for that matter uh, met with such strong resistance sometimes they didn't want to share that private information. Interesting. They felt it a violation. So they're like, yeah, no, and people sh would shut down. I wouldn't hear from them again after I asked for their phone number. So for me, mm -hmm. and yeah. this is That's my own personal, like yeah. if a guy just was like wanting me for a drink without any conversation, yeah. I would not do it. Sure. Like I need to be warmed up a little. There's a line, like you don't want to go on forever and ever making small talk. But I would yeah. never give someone my number after just like one line. Right. I don't know what you think. I just I think it's unfortunate that people are so resistant to giving away numbers before t meeting in person, but they're so easy to jump at a like a last-minute date and meet yeah. someone in real life. Don't you think it's a lot safer to talk to someone on the phone as opposed yeah. to meeting them in real life? This is why I have a Google Voice number. Ah. You don't have to give away your real number. Yeah. That, that's it, probably Google really smart. Google Voice is cheap. It, yeah. It's free. Yeah. And any, everybody should have a Google Voice number and give that out. But yeah. I really do think you need to filter better before these dates. Well, I, I, I expect the women who are resistant have had bad experiences. So, oh, definitely. You know, I, no, I, I totally get it. I get it. I think it's just like, what's that line? Because you don't want to be like chatting forever and never leading anywhere. Yeah. But then... I don't know. It's it's hard if you don't know anything about someone. So you were met with more resistance when you asked for a number versus just saying, let's get a drink. On Tinder, yes. Now, mm -hmm. I, I still often tried to switch to texting. Um, I find it, uh, it, 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 I see those quicker. Sometimes I don't mm -hmm. get all my notifications. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I don't know. It, it, it feels like you've made a step. Like, that is actually a level of commitment to share a number and begin yeah. texting with someone instead of dealing with them on the app. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. And, I mean, like, I actually did a, a statistical analysis of all the people whom I contacted, all the people whom I dated over this two-year period. And uh, I went on dates with 120 different women. But that is about only 50. 15% of the women whom I matched with. Uh -huh. And that's on Bumble, that's Tinder, OkCupid, okay, yeah. The League. I mean, I tried all of the apps. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I wanted to like Bumble the most. Uh, I enjoy the actual physical interface of the app, and I love the idea that women were uh, making the, the choice move. to yeah. initiate conversation. The funny thing is that on, uh, on uh, OkCupid, okay, uh, I feel like it's the highest bar of conversation. People want something that is pithy in some yes. kind of way, something more substantial. And a lot of women criticized men yes. preemptively in their profiles saying, don't, don't just say don't hey. Don't just say hey. Yeah. Then but I get on to Bumble. The same. Yep. All they can do is like, hey, yep. what's up? I'm like, oh, see what it's like? Put, it, put the shoe on the other foot. It's hard to start a conversation. No, yeah. but this is the issue with dating. We hear the same complaints from men and women, yeah. but we do the exact same things to <laughs> yeah. each other. So yeah. why don't we actually change our own behaviors before we complain about the opposite sex, so right? So did you have other ways that you would, like, qualify your days? Did you have, like, age ranges that you went after or, like, anything that was, like... Because it sounds like, obviously, the one girl yeah. that you just brought up in the story, like, you didn't know much about her going in. It was... Yeah, Let's get a drink. Like, yeah. I, I knew nothing about her. I, I, I have a picture of her and her first name. Right. Um, so, uh, it, for me, over the two years, I went through uh, cycles where uh, I was 
more interested in when I first got here. I just wanted to like sample and see yep. what San Francisco mm -hmm. had, and I was newly single, so I didn't right. want to get locked down. And this actually leads into another interesting conversation. Uh, I started dating someone, and I still wanted to keep on dating, and I didn't want to do anything behind her back. So I'm like, hey. Um, I wanted to let you know I really like you, but I don't, uh, and I, I really fumbled with how to say this. Yeah, and, that's hard. And, and finally, she's like, you want to be non-monogamous? Sure, that's fine. What, what, what's the problem? I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, you're, you're totally cool. She's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I never want to get married, and I don't want to have kids, so oh, wow. I mean, what's the point of the entire thing? I'm like, uh, okay. Love you. So it was really interesting. So my first six months here, I had one person who I would see at least once, sometimes two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, you know, in quote unquote traditional dating, things that come up, uh, the, the reason uh, the relationship that I'd been in Los Angeles ended, uh, it ended when she asked me the question, so where is this going really? Mm -hmm. um, and when you change the end point of what the idea of dating is, if it's no longer uh, looking to end in marriage or in children or monogamy even, then everything gets put into question. Mm. And I found that the uh, percentage of people in San Francisco who are polyamorous, non-monogamous, non-traditional in one capacity or another uh, was higher than anywhere I've ever lived before. Yep. Um, and negotiating that space while you're also negotiating every in and out of dating where, you know, I've, I've offended women by asking for their phone number. Then I've offended other women by not asking for their phone mm -hmm. number and proposing we speak before we meet. Mm -hmm. um, that there are no rules anymore. No. Every person is different. If you think yep. you've learned something from your previous encounters, you will be schooled very quickly that whatever you think you've learned is inaccurate for this new person. Right. It's tough. For, everyone is different. I think it's tough, especially like with paying on dates too, because there's some women that oh, expect the man to pay, mm -hmm. and then others that are like equal opportunists that would get Absolutely. offended. So I totally get where you're coming from. But from. I think the main uh, takeaway is you just got to stick to your values. These yeah. are my values when it comes to dating. These are things I'm accustomed to doing. Mm -hmm. And if you find someone who's not used to it and not open to it, then you shouldn't be dating them, right? Why do you have to adapt to everybody else when this is your life? Yeah. You're the right. one dating here. This is your love life at stake. Yeah. Um, you, you can put your stake in the ground and say, this is the way I do it. Uh, I, I find, I have found that when I do that, uh, I just lose out on the, uh, the potential of meeting certain people. Um, okay. So how did you meet your current girlfriend? We met on OkCupid. Okay. Um, and we went through a period of dating and then a period of friendship and then a period of, uh, what we're in now where we're just like crazy in love. So dating first, then friendship. Yeah. Then now in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, so how did it go from dating to friendship? Uh, after a period of silence where, uh, I didn't contact her after she broke up with me and, uh, then... We very slowly uh, reintroduced ourselves to each other in a very different context. And mm -hmm. I actually feel like I'm almost dating a completely different person. Was this the same girl that broke, broke up, up with, with you? you? That's possible. Oh, okay. she's the love story. This is why there's an epilogue that's necessary. Oh, okay. So timing. 
Timing. Timing is everything. So when you guys first dated, it wasn't a good match, obviously. And then you kind of eased your way into a friendship and then eased your way out of this friendship into now a monogamous committed relationship. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> so what what are some of your learnings from this yeah. whole journey then? Oh, For God. anybody who's just so frustrated with yeah. dating, we hear it so many times and we, we want to reach out to all of them. What would you say to all of our listeners? I think going on a fast for a month was great advice given to me. Mm -hmm. um, and partially because it was hard. Mm -hmm. It also, it made me realize the level of my addiction and what I was getting out of the apps that I wasn't realizing mm -hmm. and how flimsy that was. This validation that someone maybe likes me. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that happened, it, it's sort of like going on any kind of fast. You you begin to see, um, you begin to see your patterns. Uh, and for me, I also um, I was horribly horribly lonely for that first week. That second week was brutal. That third week, I thought I would never meet anyone again for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. and I would probably just die alone. <laughs> like I got dramatic by the third week. But we've all been there. Yeah. We've all thought that. Yeah. And then the fourth week. A certain kind of peace mm -hmm. began to descend over me, and I wasn't missing the validation, mm -hmm. and I was a little bit more alive in the present world. Yeah. Um. And I happened to be invited to a Super Bowl party, and I happened to meet someone in person there. And I'm not on my phone all the time. And we had this total connection. We ended up dating for a few months mm -hmm. with someone who I met in real life. So with the person that you're with now, yeah. Did you, when you got was when you got back together, that was post fast. Yes. Do you think that had an impact on how you showed up with her the second time around? Hmm. Look at that smirk. <laughs> uh, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. Um, I, I would wager that she changed what she was looking for. Okay. More than anything else. Gotcha. Um and. Originally, I was not what she was looking for, and then her desires changed for what she wanted, and suddenly I was. Okay. Um, I don't really feel like I shifted substantially. Okay. But you also didn't force the situation. So this is what we've learned from some of the other stories, is yeah. that if someone's not ready or they think it's not a good fit, you yeah. can't force them no. into thinking it's a good fit. Nope. They need to come to that conclusion themselves. So you left her alone. I'm guessing you left her alone. That, and that was brutal. After uh, mm -hmm. she, she broke up with me, I was like, I'm not going to call her. I'm not going to text her. I thought about her every single day. And mm -hmm. and, and th this, this finally is answering your question as to why the show. Um, I'd written half the book at that point. And after she broke up with me, I couldn't write. I had writer's block for the first time in my entire life. I could not bring myself to look back at that period and, and talk about it and write about it. But I could still talk about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what I realized was that I can write with my mouth. When I do these solo shows, I don't write them down. Oh. Uh, this is a style I learned from my mentor, Spalding Gray, who created wow. autobiographical monologue as we know it today. Um, and he never wrote anything down. He had an outline. And then he would simply remember the last time he told the story, remembered what worked, remember what didn't work, and he would try it again. And mm. he would literally write it with his mouth. So uh, I realized I couldn't write with my hands, 
but I could write it with my mouth. So I booked a theater in Los Angeles. I set a date, and I'm like, I have to have a show by then. Mm -hmm. And when the show came around, I had something to say. Um, and it got me back into the writing process again so gotcha. that I've now finally, finally almost finished up the book. So with all of this, all these terrible Tinder stories, how did this, like, come back to, like, I mean, I guess, like, what, what advice would you give someone that's going through this? Other than Besides take fast. Just yeah. taking the fast, like, Which is great. how do you think this played into your current relationship, all this stuff? Um, I am so thrilled to not be dating right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you know you're not missing out. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I, I really wish I had good advice. Uh, and it, it feels a little bit pat to say, uh, go out in real life, try to open your eyes and literally make eye contact with people and go out with friends and see if they can invite other friends. Um, but that's a really, really effective way to yeah. not just build your general network, but also to potentially eventually find someone you connect with. Right. Um, I'm not saying the apps are um, terrible. I know people who have gotten married who have met through their yep. apps and they're horribly in love. But I went back and I looked at all of my past relationships. And even though I've been online dating since 2000 and only app dating for starting since 2015, um, I only have one serious relationship that I got through online. That's all me my too. other relationships. Everything else has been in person. Yeah, I've had mm -hmm. so many dates online. Yep. But in terms of actual things that turn into relationships, I guess two, two in seventeen years. Um, and you know, it feels like it should be able to work, and you have stories uh, of people for whom it did work. But uh, for whatever reason, I have not had nearly the success uh, where I meet people in person, usually through a friend. So the takeaway I'm getting from your stories would be mindful dating. And what does that look like? Because mm -hmm. you said something that that I think about all the time is you reach for your phone and not just for your dating apps, but just reaching for your phone as reflex is a natural re you're not mindfully reaching for your phone yeah. it's just something you feel like you need to do yeah and when it comes to online dating next time you reach for your phone to swipe because you feel like that is a natural reflex of what you should be doing think about the next time you swipe for 10 minutes then for each minute you're swiping yeah. you should also devote a minute to searching for something uh -huh. to do in real life yeah so maybe it's like for each 10 minutes you're swiping spend <laughs> another 10 minutes looking at What's coming up this weekend yeah. that you uh -huh. can go to? Or another 10 minutes of reaching out to friends and family. Uh -huh. Or another 10 minutes of like reflecting on what you can do to improve yeah. on yourself, right? Oh. So it's it's more mindful. Uh-huh. And another thing you can try, and this is brutal, but go to a bar, go to a cafe, and don't take out your phone. That's yeah. so hard. It is so it is, hard. Yeah. And sometimes, and, and quite frankly, I think this is harder for men than women because women are approached. Men are rarely approached right. in a public setting like that. So you either, if, if you're a guy, you have to actually not just make eye contact in an approach, unthreatening yep. way, but also <laughs> find a way to say something. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrified at this. I figure I'm always going to yeah. sound stupid yep. with some sort of opening gambit and I don't do lines so I have no way of like starting something you know it, 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 
Uh, I just keep my eyes open for something that is happening in the space. It might be on a TV. It might be someone walking outside who's like yeah. getting into a fight. Whatever. Something you can start a conversation totally. about. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be in a romantic context. No, 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 no. I think people just need to know that when you're out in public, you don't need to be searching for someone you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Talk to strangers. Yeah, I you never start know. start with yeah. that. Yeah. And you and never know where that... Yeah. Exactly. I think my takeaway is to... I mean, obviously, you've made this comedic. So, like, some people could go on 120 dates. Is uh -huh, that what you went yeah. on? Like, and be just really depressed. So, at yes. least, like, you Oh, were I able... was. <laughs> but my, I make my Maybe. misery other people's comedy. <laughs> at least, like, I think you've... I mean, the story you told, like, it has, like, at least you found some comedy out of it and were able to turn it around. And then I think, too, like, thinking about, like, the date specifically, like we've talked about this, like the attitude is everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that like someone was on this date with such a poor attitude, like really does impact the whole thing. Oh, yeah. So it's like something to just be conscious of. Um, yeah. Just because you've experienced all these bad dates before doesn't mean this person you're about to have a date with is going to commit those right. same right. crimes. Uh, Similar and, to and, the and, phone number two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you want to know something funny about that woman, uh, uh, the, my first Tinder date, the story I told you about, uh -huh. uh, just before I got uh, together and into the serious relationship, I was back on Tinder. I was swiping around. And this is almost two years later. Uh, and she was still there. Of course. Yep. Well, the other takeaway is just ask your Uber driver. Ask your Uber driver. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. They know everything. They know everything. You don't need a dating coach. Just get your Uber driver. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> you just find this one guy that's like the... Or just start yeah. with, what color are your panties? Apparently that works. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best Apparently advice. that works late at night. Um, Do you have any takeaways from this whole experience that's led you to where you are now? Um, <laughs> everyone is going through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your location. It doesn't matter your language. And we're, we're not, we're not finding, uh, great ways to talk about it yet. And we're mm -hmm. all getting frustrated, yep. sometimes really upset, sometimes really jaded, I think that's part of why a fast can be uh, helpful. Yep. You can reset your clock and actually come back with a better attitude sometimes. Yep. Um, and we all, in some ways, need to laugh about this. Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> bring the craziness I went through so that people can laugh at me so that they see something of their lives in yep. what I'm doing. Uh, and what I've experienced, so they don't feel they're yeah. the only ones who are totally. experiencing this. Well, we hear this time and time again. Oh, I have so many dating stories, I should write a book. I have yeah. so many dating stories, I should write a blog. Well, guys, if you feel that way, do it. Start one. Start yeah. a blog. Start a book. You know, like get it down on a paper because these are, this is great content about your life that you can reflect back on and yeah. laugh at yourself. Even if it's just your own personal Even if it's journal only, or whatnot. Keep yeah. it private. Only like a few friends can see it. But we hear it all the time. You guys say it to us all the time. I'm the one that's experiencing all these like Tinder nightmare stories and I should really like write a book about it. Do it. Get it down on paper. That's a way to release all that frustration. And then my other just one takeaway, it sounds like super cliche, but like you obviously met someone that you're really in love with and like it only does only take one. Like you could mm -hmm. go on 120 shitty dates, yep. but at the end of the day, you found someone through it. Yep. So. Yeah. 
All right, let's go on to our question of the day. It comes from Rachel. She says, I met this guy for a first date from Bumble. At first I thought he was interested, but then he started to tell me about women he took home from bars and slept with. Is he trying to turn me on or make me jealous? Or is he trying to show me he was only interested in me as a friend? Obviously, we never, we'll never know what is going on in people's heads, but why would you ever tell a woman these kind of stories, especially on a date? And Ooh. well, this happened to me on that episode called The Blind Date. Oh, and yeah. For anybody who hasn't listened to it, I was set up on a blind date and on the date went very well, but... In the middle of the date, he started talking about the other women that he was trying to court and um, ask me for dating advice on how, how to execute these um, these situations. So, why do you think this? Why does this happen? Have you ever done this? Um, probably. <laughs> you no, know, well, well, but specifically the idea of bragging about women that you have met in bars and taken home. Yeah. Uh. I've certainly never done that. Um, occasionally, when people find out what I do, uh, they're curious about it, uh, and they often press me for stories. Right. When I do tell them stories, they're usually stories that do not end in sex. Those mm -hmm. are the funniest ones most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, they're usually about my foibles and my failures in dating. Mm -hmm. um, in some ways, I think that can... Uh, potentially break the ice in a humorous kind of way yeah. and make the other person feel like, well, I'm not that crazy. I stand a great shot. Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like more self-deprecating. Exactly. Yeah. But um, why do you think guys do that or some men do this on dates? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I find it baffling. And honestly, I, I try not to bring up dating anyone else uh, unless – I am specifically asked and pressed. And th th there was a brief period where I actually put in my profile that I'm writing a book called Fuck Tinder. No, really. It's about all of my horror stories. And that actually generated conversations before we met. Mm. Um, but when we got to actually being in person, I don't want to talk about my horror stories, nor do I want no, to talk I about mean, my conquests. I I don't know. I think in general, just talking about other people you've been dating yeah. or even exes is not the best on no. the early no. stages. No, God, like, no. There's something about this camaraderie of like, oh, these dating apps, like bad experiences. But even yeah. that, I don't know. I try to stay away from that because yeah. it has like a little bit yeah. of negative connotation to it sometimes. But I yeah. think like just talking about other people is like taking the presence off of the person you're with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like not in a sexual way, yeah. like what you were talking about with your story, like that woman that was going through like all the things that men did wrong. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. now taking yeah, yeah. away from you and her yeah, getting yeah, yeah. to know totally. each other. No, I, I, which I, is never the best for a date. I, I want to find ways of meeting the other person uh, and finding points of connection. So one of the things I love asking most is like either where have you most recently traveled uh, or what place do you want to really go to next? Right. And that begins to reveal a lot about a person, you know? Yep, totally. So, yeah, no, I think, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe this guy's trying to get you jealous. Maybe they just want to brag. Maybe they're not interested. We really don't know. But I think everyone probably should just stay away from this tactic because I don't think it ever really ends well. I think in the end, it's it's all about respect. And I find this sort of behavior disrespectful. Yeah. I don't want you to be talking about other women on our date. Yeah. But I have had guy friends who've told me 
they've they've done this on dates one because they're nervous so that becomes like their default subject mm, that weird. they want to talk about okay. kind of like oh i don't know what to talk about oh, let's talk about this girl i brought home and then um other other times they feel like it takes the pressure off of a date because then they they want the girl to feel like they're not like um solely focus on them you know so then it takes the pressure off and then three, I've also heard this from guy friends. They say they want to look like they are desired by other women that's crazy. in front of this. I think yeah. all of that's gonna back. That's all. No. It's all back. I agree, but no. um, it those are the three reasons for you, Rachel, if you're listening to this. And guys, just don't do it. Just just be just, interested in your date. That's probably the best advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't talk about other conquests. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much, David, for Pleasure. doing this. We can't wait to go see your show. Yeah. yeah. Tinder, a love story. Is there a website that people there can go is. to? There is. It's f-tinder.com. <laughs> do not Great and, and I repeat, do not go to fucktinder.com. <laughs> that was taken years ago by a guy in Germany, and you don't want to see what's on that site. <laughs> Just like you don't want to go to hotmail.com, M-A-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> I made that mistake. <laughs> so f-tinder. Exactly. Okay. F-tinder.com. you have a book coming out, too? Yeah, later this year. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, for anybody listening, if you'd like to be a guest on our show, we are still looking for guests for season six. And uh, we want to hear your stories. If you want to recommend a friend, we are open to that as well. Cool. On that note, stay, stay dateable. If you want to see David live, Fuck Tinder has more shows coming up. David will be in San Francisco tonight and May 8th. And then we'll be on tour in select cities in the U.S. and internationally. So check out his site, f-tinder.com, for more information. Your action item for this week is to weave together all of your dating experiences and see how all of these pieces are setting you up for that next stage. Instead of focusing on why something didn't work out or what someone was missing, focus on how they contributed to who you are today. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 